Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So we were talking before we came on about the, the deceptive length of Zelda games because I am still trying to get to the end of Minish Cap. I didn't realize how much was left to do in that game still, <laughs> even after my review, which I had to do early, but you know. Yeah, that, that's the, the way the cards fall sometimes. But yeah, the, the crazy thing about some of the Zelda games is they don't seem like they're going to be that long. But there's like you do a couple of dungeons and there's some kind of shift in the story, like with Link to the Past when you go to the Dark World. And then there's like seven or eight more dungeons that you have to go through. So it, yeah, I, I can see it being a, a pretty lengthy game. But yeah, I would say if you're going to start it, I would definitely wait until after... Tears of the Kingdom drops because I've been playing it for like three weeks now and I'm still not done with Minish Cap. I mean, if I start it now, I'm just going to quit <laughs> on Friday. I put so many hours into that game. It's fun. Like, I haven't had this much fun uh, playing a video game, uh, especially a Zelda game, since uh, the... Um, oh, what was the remake they did not too long ago? Link's Awakening. Switch? Link's Awakening. God, it was so... It's Those two are very similar. Very, very similar. Oh, that that's good, though, because that remaster was really good. Like, I like the original Link's Awakening a lot, but I think I even had more fun with the remaster because of the, the art style and just bringing that world into, like, a 3D, like, 3D-ish world mm. was, was really cool. 
Yeah, if they if, if even though I just played been playing Minish Cap, the original Game Boy Advance version, if they did do a modern update of it, remaster like they did for Link's Awakening, I would probably go through it again. Oh, I would too. Yeah, no no doubt about that. But it, it, we were also mentioning Tears of the Kingdom. It's crazy to think that it's finally about to be here. I know. You know as we're recording this or doing the live show, we're four days away. And I thought I might have to go to Tallahassee for work on Friday. But thankfully, I don't. Mm-hmm. So I get to just <laughs> go by Best Buy, pick up my copy that I've pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to settle in when I get home and you, you know where to find me Yeah, if you're looking for me. <laughs> We're not going to hear from Derek this weekend. So, uh, yes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done with the show yeah. uh, because of the, no, no, not really, but no, that's, that's my plan for most of the weekend is just to immerse myself in that game. So I, I'll have, you know, some initial impressions for next week. Anything else you've been playing for the last week or so? Um, I've been playing through Earthbound again. Um, I, I've been kind of going through this phase where I'm taking like games that I really like and I'm just replaying through them. Mm. Um, I did it with Secret of Mana not too long ago. I didn't finish it, but I, I got through a good portion of it. But now I'm kind of on the home stretch of Earthbound. So going to get that wrapped up hopefully by Friday. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been it's like we do on this show. It's fun going back and you know, even if it's not for a review, just revisiting those old games yeah. and just getting lost in them. I still want to play Resident Evil 4, too. There's so much to play in so little time. Yeah, that, and that's the thing, too, with having, you know, full-time job and mm. all the other stuff that, you know, we do individually separated from the show. <laughs> that it, it can be tough to find time to, to play, but it works out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to uh, discuss before we head into the news for this evening? Um, I don't. Well, I did see um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which oh, was yeah. really, really good. Um, I'm going to do a review for it on the Derek Diamond Experience as a bonus show uh, that'll be out on Thursday. Yeah, I did see Super Mario Brothers over the weekend as well, and um, I loved it. I don't get what the critics hated. I've heard a lot of bad takes about that that movie from other podcasters that I listened to. They they did not like the movie. And I'm I'm just like, you're just joyless. There's nothing wrong with that movie at all. Uh, there's a billion plus dollars that says otherwise. Yeah, no kidding. Because, you know, it, it's now in the top five uh, highest grossing animated movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Like not just from Illumination, but period. If any animated movies ever made, it's made it into the top five. It's so good. It's just a feel-good movie. Like you go see it and you feel better when you leave the theater. Now that you've fi- you've seen it, I've got to ask you: What did you think of Bowser's Peaches song? Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Like I love anything Jack Black does, especially like Tenacious D and all that type of stuff. Like he just like he he's one of those people that has like an awesome voice and can sing in like any register he wants, but he just uses, it's like he uses his voice for evil. You know, it's just like he does like goofy songs and like nothing's ever serious, but he has like the super talent. That's like very rare. He's a, like a very underrated talent. Like as far as just pure talent level, 
he's he's up there on like the Hollywood list of guys that like he can act, he can mm-hmm. be funny, he can sing. He he's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. But no, I when I heard that song for the first time when I saw it, like you because know, Jack Black has a a good Bowser voice, like it's pr- disguised pretty well. But as soon as he starts singing, you're like, "Yep, that's Jack Black." <laughs> you can't mistake it. It's so it's so distinct because I it, that was the thing. Like I was w- watching the movie, and when he's just talking as Bowser, you can't tell that it's. You really can't tell that it's Jack Black because you know he's kind of putting on a voice. But man, once he starts singing, there is no mistaking that voice. Did you catch a lot of the Easter eggs? that they dropped in like the, especially the beginning when they're in the little mm-hmm. diner as many, I, it, it was like almost like sensory overload. Like I was trying to catch every single Easter egg in there, you know, like Jumpman uh, was in there playing. Um, what was the, what was he playing in there? Um, was the, it was the arcade Well, the, game. the arcade game was, are you talking about the game that he was playing at his home? No, when they were uh, in the pizzeria, the, the punch out pizzeria, and they had Jumpman was in there, and he was playing. Uh, who was voiced? He was by, playing Jumpman. Yeah, he was. He was voiced by Charles Martinet. And then mm-hmm. you had uh, the Wrecking Crew boss in there, and it was of course Punch Out Pizzeria, which I would eat there. I wish that place was. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, and just everything, man! Like it was just so much stuffed into that movie for Nintendo fans. And I, I had some reservations about the voice cast. But I think they were all fine. Yeah. Like, they didn't bother me. And the Chris Pratt as Mario, like, it just did not even occur to me that that was Chris Pratt. Like, it sounded kind of like him in the beginning, but after that, I'm like, okay, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I, I thought he was, I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah, you quickly forget a- after a few minutes. But I'm shocked they haven't announced a sequel yet. I know. <laughs> like, what do you, it's Nintendo. What do you expect? I think we said this last week that they just did this to prove a point. Now they're like, nope, yeah. no more movies. <laughs> That's gonna be another thirty years before we get another movie. Uh, we'll have to wait till we're in the retirement home to watch the sequel. Oh, we get a full chat room tonight. Greetings, everyone. Joey oh, Emmons, Armez, Armez Jackson's in the chat room. I'm loving this. This is this move oh, to YouTube is awesome. So if you guys uh, that used to watch on Twitch or, or watched us on Twitch, if you'd like to catch the live show, we are now Monday nights at 6 p.m. Central on YouTube.com slash at JFunktastic. And uh, that's where we're going to live from now on. On the YouTube machine. But uh, are you ready to move into the news this evening? Let's do it. Tonight's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Rampage and RMS Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. The first story comes from gamerant.com. Sega plans to release 12 non-mobile games this fiscal year. A uh, recent Sega financial reports reveals the company's plan to release at least 12 non-mobile platform games for the 2023-24 fiscal year. Sega has had a rather impressive 2022-2023, which was noted in the parent company's results presentation from last week. The whole company had a solid performance in terms of sales, reporting on the games that had the best sales in that period, along with insights for future games released by the publisher. 
Um, let's see. This said the strongest selling games were Persona 5 Royal and Sonic Frontiers. So what do you think? They're going to be releasing 12 games. And Sega coming back with a vengeance. Uh, why not? Like, honestly, why not? I think there will be enough of a demand that this will do well. And who knows where it'll lead? And what's crazy is that if it's not there already, Sonic Frontiers is pretty close to being the best-selling 3D Sonic game ever made. So we'll we'll see what happens with this. I, I'm. Does it have a list of what the games are going to be? Uh, it does not say. Um, let's see. Was there any? This is a really long article. <laughs> yeah, uh, just kind of skimming through it. I'm not. I'm not seeing any see, they specifics. They will uh, be re-releasing some older games. Uh, that includes the remaster of Samba de Amigo, the Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection. Um, the uh, Sonic Origins Plus package. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so they will support a live service and other AAA games that were released in the past year, such as Football Manager 2022 and Persona 5 Royal Remaster. Uh, doesn't give any kind of uh, list of anything solid, but uh, there you never know with Sega. I mean, they might drop another two Sega games on or Sonic games on our heads in the next couple of months. I mean, I wouldn't complain about that. Hey, Mario taking the thunder out of Sonic right now. <laughs> Again, Sega, Sega coming back. I, I meant to ask you this. Do you prefer the Mario movie over either of the Sonics? Dude, I don't know. I mean, I really like that first Sonic movie, but I don't know if it was up head to head. I might take Mario slightly. Yeah, I, I've i s- I mean, seen it, you know, they're two and, and I agree with it. different style movies, though. Yeah. You know? It's kind of unfair because Sonic is more set in reality. And, you know, Super Mario Brothers is a straight up animated film. So it's, it's, it's kind of unfair to pit them against one another. Which is strange because one is about a human Italian plumber yeah. that's fully animated and the other is a <laughs> anthropomorphic hedgehog. And he's anim- animated in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up uh, from NintendoLife.com, 8-bit NES-inspired platformer Bat Boy is part Shovel Knight, part Mega Man. I'm already sold. I'm, me too. Uh, are, are you a fan of Shovel Knight? Yes. Well, how about Mega Man? Yep. Yes. If you've answered yes to either of those questions, then you may be entitled to compens... Wait, no, that's not right. If you've answered yes, you've got a feeling you're going to love Bat Boy, an 8-bit action platformer from X-Plus Games that takes everything great from Shovel Knight and Mega Man and lumps it all into a neat little package that frankly looks awesome. Launching for Switch on May 25th of this year, Bat Boy sees you take on the role of the titular hero, a leader of a team of Sente heroes on a mission to rescue your brainwashed allies caught under the deadly spell of the evil dark mage Lord Vicious. You'll trek across a variety of themed levels and gain new skills as you take on a smorgasbord of enemies and bosses. I love this article because they included the word smorgasbord. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get too many. You don't get to say the word smorgasbord that often. No, you don't. But th- this looks like a lot of fun. What do you think? This re- looks like a cross between Mega Man and DuckTales, and I'm for it. Yeah, I, I have you ever played Shovel Knight? Uh, for a little bit, not, I played it for a couple of, maybe an hour or two and then kind of left it behind, but I really liked what I played of it. 
I just didn't stick with it. Yeah, Shovel Knight's a lot of fun, and I, I think the, the the kind of mix of styles of Shovel Knight and Mega Man that they're talking about, <laughs> I think it's really going to work, and it looks like a lot of fun, so I'm definitely going to pick this up. Yeah, Raven Raven in the chat room says, take my money. Me too. Yep, um, exactly. You, you have it. <clears throat> Uh, Joey with the Sid Vicious reference. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also from NintendoLife.com, uh, what, what we were talking about a few minutes ago, the Mario movie might be appearing on streaming services very soon. There have been rumors about the Mario movie launching on streaming services this month. Uh, now there are some developments. Optimum TV in the U.S. has revealed on Instagram that its customers will be able to catch the Super Mario Br- Mother- Brothers movie on demand on May 16th. So, uh, once again, this is referenced as being an on-demand offering, meaning you'll have to pay to watch the movie. Spectrum TV has also apparently listed the Mario movie as being available on-demand on the same date. Uh, Let's see. On a now-deleted tweet, the Mario movie could be showing up on pay-per-view services like Apple, Amazon, and Google as soon as May 9th. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never heard of Optimum TV, so... (laughs) That's not in my area, I guess. No, I have not heard of it until this moment. That's awfully fast. I know. Especially for a movie that's doing well at the theater still. I mean, it's still making like hundreds, uh, you know, like millions of dollars a weekend. Like, why pull it now? I mean, I understand you can make money off of streaming, but man, that seems really fast. Yeah, this thing's still got plenty of theater life left Joey in it. He says, I know a streaming app that's already available. <laughs> we don't talk about uh, complex solutions in th- on yeah. this show. I, I'm perplexed. Please explain. <laughs> but no, this is going to be one, and I haven't uh, bought a Blu-ray in a while. We just it got an answer to our question. Optimum TV is the cable company in New Jersey. They've been around for decades. One of the two main oh. ones in New Jersey. Why does okay. Jersey get it early? What did you, what did y'all do? What did you guys do to get the Mario Brothers movie early? Uh, neighboring state of New York, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. No, you would think Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn would would get it since that's where yeah. Mario's from. But this is going to be one when it comes out on Blu-ray. I'm going to get the physical copy because it comes with a digital copy anyway, or at least I know Blu-ray's used to at some point. Yeah, 100% I'm buying it as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray. And our last story comes to us from Eurogamer.net. This is actually really cool. Prototype GameCube from infamous 2000 Nintendo Space World presentation discovered. A collector has purchased, go away, ad, purchased one of the original Nintendo GameCube concept consoles from Nintendo's 2000 Space World presentation. Space World, which ran until 2001, was essentially a precursor to the digital-only direct showcases where Nintendo would reveal its new games and hardware. The 2000 show was infamous for revealing both the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, see, the 2000 reveal was a year before it actually launched... So the prototype is really just a shell with a handful of electronics inside to power some LEDs. And there's a photo of the uh, GameCube as well as a couple of the discs on the article. But I remember that presentation like it was yesterday. And I remember the like the Zelda deal that they did with Link having a sword fight with Ganondorf. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then, of course, the next game we got was nothing like that but still a very good game. Yeah. I would love to have this 
because like I I remember Space World very very well. And I'm this is really at, cool. I'm looking at this picture and I um I was looking at the GameCube itself looks like a GameCube just maybe slightly different. Um but the controller I was looking at the controller I'm like why does it look so weird? And I couldn't place it and, and then it says uh there's no D-pad on it. Mhm. I was like, oh, like it's so it makes the controller look completely just weird and off balance without a D pad. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like it if it didn't have a D pad. And plus, the where they have the start button is where the D pad normally is. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible place to put the start button. Yeah, that's not that would not have worked out well to have that have the start button right there. Nope. Oh yeah, some other um, demos they showed at Space World was a look at Samus before Metroid Prime, a glimpse of what a new Banjo-Kazooie game may have looked like before Rare was bought out by Microsoft, and Mario 128, a tech demo for what would later become Pikmin. I remember that Banjo-Kazooie demo too, because I was like, oh, we're getting a third Banjo-Kazooie, and then then Rare got bought out by Microsoft, and we kind of got, well, we got a new Banjo-Kazooie game, but it was very different. Well, you know, we had uh, original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World, Mario 64. If they would have came out with a game called Mario 128, that would have just sounded stupid. <laughs> I don't yeah. like that at all. We we got the right call with Sunshine. Yeah. Because Mario 128 would have just been weird. Yeah, that just sounds... I don't even like the way that just... That just doesn't even sound right. But uh, before let's get some love for the GameCube in the in the chat from Raven and and Tyler. I love it. You know, people didn't give it much attention back in the day, but that's one of the best consoles of all time, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. There's so many good games for the GameCube. That'd be fun to do like a a deep dive discussion on specific consoles for episodes of the show. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Because I I could talk about the GameCube for... (laughs) Hour plus. Let's do Easy. that. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, now it's time to go into this month in video game history. <laughs> in May of 1980, Emerson releases the Arcadia 2001. This thing it looks so 70s. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool name, though. Like, Arcadia just sounds... Fun to say, yeah. You, Arcade, Even though it sounds more like a computer. You would think it would just look cool, but you look at this thing and it just looks like some kind of weird telephone from the seventies. Arcadia two thousand one in Technicolor. <laughs> Why did everything in the seventies and eighties have to be like have have to have wood grain on it? Even electronics had wood grain. You know, I'm curious about myself for a, about that myself for a long time. I guess it was just a phase. I have no idea. It didn't hold up well, though. No. Uh, May of 1983, Atari releases Star Wars, a color vector graphics game based on the popular film franchise. Dude, I still want to get the Star Wars uh, arcade game from Arcade 1-Up. I love that game so much. I used to play it at the skating rink when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've played this at some point. Because I have played some arcade games, but this would be, like, if I could have a lineup of arcade cabinets, this would absolutely be one that I would want. 
right next to the Ninja Turtles machine. Oh, we're getting some wood grain love in the chat room right now. <laughs> because For wood real. grain is cool. <laughs> uh, oh, Joey said Mario 128 would be cool unless uh, if it was on a Commodore 128. Yeah. <laughs> the 128 for the 128. Let's see. May 5th of 1992, id Software releases Wolfenstein 3D for DOS. I used to play this all the time uh, in my computer class in high school. You know, I've heard of Wolfenstein, and like the name has come up every now and then, but I've never played a Wolfenstein game. The only other Wolfenstein, or Wolfenstein, however you pronounce it, um, the other only other one I played was there was one for the Xbox 360. And I don't remember what yeah. the title for for it was. That's the last one. I, I see them. They're still releasing them. And I still pick them up and look at the boxes. But I haven't pulled the trigger on actually getting one. Because um, I saw one for the PS4 the other day when I was in GameStop. Let's see. There was Return to Castle Wolfenstein for PS2, Xbox, Linux, and Macintosh. That might have been the two thousand one. That might have been it. I don't. It's been a while. And then there's Wolfenstein 2009, which was released for Windows, PS3, and Xbox 360. Hmm. So that maybe that's the one that no, you're I talking don't think about. So because it was way before 2009 that I played. Okay, then it was probably Return to Castle Wolfenstein is the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Wait, Derek has never played even the original Wolfenstein 3D. Oh my Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't be a okay. Well. The show's over. All Sorry. Right, well, I'm going to end this Zoom call. We're going to get Joey in here. <laughs> uh, one day. One day it'll happen. Uh, May 11th of 1995, Sega releases the Sega Saturn console in North America. One day I will play a Sega Saturn. Yeah, I traded mine for the uh, the, the Sega Dreamcast, and that was a, a great deal because I love my Dreamcast. Thank you to Mr. Joey Image. Yeah, I was about to say you you got the right end of the deal. Not, I mean, a, not a knock against the Saturn, but you got a console that you'd never played before. Well, he's only got like 18 Dreamcasts sitting in his closet, so, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's like, oh, let me find one. Oh, here we go. Yeah. You can have this one. But uh, before we go into our review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shoutouts? Absolutely. We love to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image and Mama Diamond herself, Mama Diamond, Donna Diamond. And Thank you, you all so much. I, I know you, you you missed it. There was no rampage in there, and I did want to say that I, we did get some declines again this month because as at every couple of months, Patreon goes through and declines people's cards. So if you are a regular patron or you notice that uh, your name was not read. Please go check your account on Patreon and make sure your payment stuff is uh, is up to date because Patreon likes to do weird things and decline people's cards. I know I have my voice ready and everything. I know. It just I, I was re I was wondering if you were gonna mess up because it wasn't there. <laughs> just say it out of habit. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And some of the perks that you get for being a member of our Patreon, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks that we do uh, that include the our most recent one, Tailspin. We've done uh, other cartoons as well, like Animaniacs, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, live action shows like Family Matters, full-length movies like Transformers the Movie, Christmas Vacation. The list goes on and on, and we've got some some fun stuff, hopefully, that we're going to do um, over the next several months. And I know you just put up a poll for our next top five list. Yes, there are two Which I uh, thank you to Armez Jackson for those suggestions. Yeah, thank you, Armez Jackson, for those suggestions. And um, we have two polls up right now, the top five suggestions, and help me pick what, what to play that I put up a few days ago. And it is a tie between Beavis and Butthead and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. So if you haven't voted yet, get in there and vote. Or uh, so because it's a 50 50 tie between those two, and I'll have to flip a coin if it doesn't, if there's no tiebreaker. Well, I was gonna say, if if it ends up in a tie, you should let me pick. Okay, I'll, that's that'll work. Okay, but yeah, just head over to patreon.com slash retro for as little as a dollar a month. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight, talking about... Avengers is a beat-em-up arcade-style game developed and released by Data East in 1991. It features the Avengers team of Marvel Comics characters in a side-scrolling, brawling, and shooting adventure to defeat the evil Red Skull. There were reports for the Sega Genesis, Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, and uh, the Game Boy, Game Gear, and there was a different game. Now, all those were ports of the arcade game, but there was a different side-scrolling beat-em-up that was released for the NES, and that's the one I'm talking about, but it was also released by Data East at the same time. This was during that time when they would release different versions of games of the same name on different systems, and it kind of drove you nuts a little bit because... You would play this game in the arcade and be like, oh, I'm going to go rent this one. It's on the NES. I'm going to rent it. And you get it, and it's not the same game at all. <laughs> at all. Or you have or you have like different versions that have exclusive <laughs> levels to the Genesis or the Super Nintendo. Like, why can't you just 
give us all of it. I know. It's not that hard. Joey said that theme song music started and his dog looked up at the PC speaker, looked at him, disgusted, and left the room. <laughs> not buddy. Come back, uh, buddy. Let's see. I wonder, um, let's see. For It says for the gameplay, the Red Skull has assembled an army of supervillains. I mean, that's pretty much the same it's this, it's pretty much the same story. It's just different style games, um, because the, the Red Skull is the big baddie of of the game. He's your he's your end villain, and he's assembled an army of supervillains and other henchmen in a plot to take over the world. Uh, players also face Claw, the Living Laser, Whirlwind, a Sentinel, Wizard, the Grim Reaper, the Mandarin, Juggernaut, Ultron, and of course Crossbones, and finally the Red Skull himself. Uh, you can choose between Captain America. For the NES version, you can only choose between Captain America and, would you guess, Iron Man or The Vision? No. You get to play Hawkeye, <laughs> arguably. Not the Jeremy Renner yeah. version of Hawkeye. And don't get me wrong. I love Jeremy Renner, and I love the Hawkeye team. I like him in the Marvel movies. But let's... Let's face facts. Hawkeye is the worst. He's the worst Avenger. Argue with me that he's not the worst Avenger. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean... My thing is, out of all these characters, like I'm thinking, oh, you could play as Captain America or Iron Man. Yeah. Like, that'd be cool. Like, why But I, I don't know why Hawkeye. I mean, at least with Captain America, you got all kind of cool, um, you got like a, you can use your shield to throw, which uh, reminded me a lot of Rygar, uh, the way you, you throw the shield and it comes back to you. Um, you can do like this kind of slam where you run up, where you jump up in the air and you can come down on top of an enemy with, you know, with like holding the shield, like a, like, like the, the sled on, uh, uh, Christmas vacation, <laughs> you know, like you come down and you do that move. Uh, you do have like a dash attack where you smash the sea shield into somebody. You can block bullets and missiles with it. It's awesome. Playing Captain America is awesome. And then you, you have to play Hawkeye. And it's like, get your little bow and arrow. You're like, pink, pink, pink. And that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get. And he moves so slow. Like, why would you Why would you do this? Why would you put Hawkeye as the other guy to play in the game? I could feel your frustration because I went back and watched some of your stream <laughs> earlier today. And I'm like, why Hawkeye? Yeah. 
Like I got frustrated for you for playing that because I would have reacted in the exact same way. Uh, well, Joey's asking about uh, that was only arcade Rygar. Uh, NES version didn't have all that. No, the NES version did have the uh, the shield where you could throw it almost like a, uh, a yo-yo where you throw it and it comes back to you. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing that playing Captain America in this game did. You throw the shield and it just comes back to you. So it's almost the exact same sort of, like, uh, it's the same thing, basically. It's like, it feels exactly the same, like you're playing the same game with those two characters. And it looks like the, and I haven't played this game, but it looks like it plays pretty well. And it's, I won't say more complex, but it looks like it plays pretty smooth for an NES game. And that's one of the things I was really surprised by with this game was how well it played and the the like the hit detection's great the jumping's great the gameplay of the of the game is great there this really is a good game and you can tell that the people that made the game were were avengers fans like they really liked the source material um but i think the the difficulty of the game is cranked way too hard um, after I played it for for a good chunk on Saturday, um, I, I actually went Saturday night or Saturday evening and watched a speed run of this game just so I could. I knew I wouldn't get to finish the game, so I just wanted to see the rest of the game. And there's a, the speed run that I watched. He had all the different um, you know bosses and sub bosses and everything, and he would put the hit count of each phase because some of the some of the bosses have different phases. Like, they'll have three phases to each boss. And he would put the hit count of each phase. So if a boss had three phases, the first phase, you had to hit the boss like 12 times. The second phase, 14 to 16 times. And then the third phase, 22 to 24 times, you had to hit the boss. You have two. Two hit points in this game. I mean, you, you do build up, like, as you go through the game, you collect, um, there's these uh, things that you hit that release, like, jewels and other stuff that you have to get throughout the game. And as you collect jewels and stuff, it sort of uh, builds up your power and, uh, you know, sort of, like, it builds up your power and your your hit points and all that kind of stuff. But looking at those boss fights, like, why? Why would you have have to hit the boss that many times in order to kill it? It goes back to the the evil develop, developers from that era. It's like they enjoyed making games that difficult. I, I don't like know. that's pretty that's complex for like a modern game. I know, like it's that's way too crazy for to have to hit a boss that many times in order to kill him. I mean, because like I'm sitting here watching this guy play, like speed run this game, and he would just kind of cheese the boss, you know, like with a certain hit, and he would just be doing it, like bam, 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 and I'm like, does this end? This never ends. Yeah, and there was uh, Ultron is in the game. He took so many. He took like 60 hits to kill him. It was uh, it was relentless, and I'm like. This that's the my only problem with this game is I could barely get past the first real boss. I kept dying 
on the first boss. And then I look at the speed run, and it takes like 48 hits to bring him down. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Like, I'm just not that good at these games. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. And it's like, it makes the speed runs even more impressive because it's like people who are fighting those bosses are just flawless in what they do, and they make it look so easy. But that uh, that's frustrating. <laughs> And yeah, that's and another thing. Like when you die and you continue, and you get three continues, uh, and use and when you're in the game and you die, like as Captain America, you don't end the game. Like you automatically go to like go to Hawkeye, and you can go back to where Captain America is in the overhead map, but you got to kind of make your way there, and you can bring him back to life. But if you lose both of them, then you get the game over with three continues. The weird thing is, is when you continue, it just puts you in random spots <laughs> on the map. And I'm like, why do I, why did it put me back like five spaces? Like why, why do I have to go through all this stuff again? And it, you know, and the, and the, the levels, you know, there's an overhead map and there's like little, there's towns that you have to go through. And each town is like a level. Like, you have to go through New Orleans and Tampa and Miami, Houston. But then and the levels are short. They're really short, but there's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, that continue thing kind of baffles me. Maybe as you progress through the game, if you get a game over, it takes you to a point that's farther than where you were. Like, say, when if you got a game over early in the game. But still, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and Raven points out, too, uh, while you're fighting Ultron, not only are you trying to hit him like 60 times, the level is falling while you're fighting Ugh. him. <laughs> and there's these uh, these red red alerts that pop up, too, um, as you're going from point, point to point on the map. Like, in between the points, there will be this red alert pop up, and it'll be like a mini-boss fight. And if you are epileptic, do not. I repeat. Do not play this game because it will give you a seizure. I could barely look at it. It hurt my eyes to look at. Yeah, because I, I saw that on your stream and it hurt my eyes to watch it too. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how they got away with that. Like, I don't think that you could do that today. I don't think so. And each one is different. Uh, there's like different sort of fights in there. Like some of them are just kind of minions that just kind of keep coming at you and you just fight them until they're done. Then there's other ones where there's like this mini boss, this robot mini boss that shows up and he's like throwing uh, barrels at you. And you ha the way you have to fight him, and I could never figure out the correct way to fight him, but apparently you have to throw your shield through him and then jump. And the shield will come back up like to, to meet you up in the air. And as that huh. happens, it hits the, 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 the barrel that he's throwing and the barrel blows up over his head. Do that three times, then he becomes like a broken down, like, you know, malfunctioning robot who runs back and forth. Then you got to hit him like 12 times when he's in that form. Then he bursts into flames and you just have to avoid him for like 10 seconds. <laughs> like, this is so weird. That That's an obnoxious amount of phases for a single boss. Yeah. And that's just the mini boss. That's not the final boss. That's just, a, and you've... Fight him multiple times through the game. Jeez. So that's that's Persistent the thing. thing. Like, 
the game looks great. The graphics are awesome for the NES. Like, because that, you know, we've played a lot of, uh, um, what do you call licensed games for the NES here on, on the show. And that was the thing back then. Most licensed games just sucked. That, that was just a way of life. Like, most of the LJN games, like, you know, the X-Men games and all those, those were just terrible, awful games. There were a few bright stars in there, like Batman for the NES. Batman is a great game. It's a little hard, but it's it's playable, and it's it's finishable, and it's great. And there's a lot of weapons in there. It's, it's just fun. It's a great game. This is one that could have been up there on par with, like, Batman, but it's just the difficulty is just way too obnoxious. And I think that's the biggest shame when you have a game that is like on the verge of being on that level and there's just a very correctable thing that just keeps it from jumping over that hurdle. And I understand like at the time they cranked up the difficulty on these games because of the uh, rental market. They wanted people to buy the games, not rent them over the weekend and defeat them. But this was like overkill. (laughs) Like, you know, like th- there's this, a balance. Yeah, like if you put out a good game that's really fun and and playable, people would have still bought the game because it was a good game. But this was just obnoxiously hard. And I'm not gonna lie, like watching your stream earlier, like it it made me think, okay, I'd be tempted to try this, but the the difficulty that you're talking about does kind of waver me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and, and another thing I liked about the game, the the music's okay, but it is very repetitive. I really wish they would have done, like, a different theme. Like, it, if Ninja Gaiden could do it, all other games could do it, too. Give me a different theme for each level. You know, Mario Brothers gave you all kind of different music throughout the games, you know, level by level. Sometimes they would repeat, uh, you know, a couple of levels later so that it doesn't get obnoxious. Like, when you have the same theme for each stage, there's no, like, no mood setting, you know? Like, make each stage different. Like, give me a different theme for each stage, you know? And the music was okay. It was serviceable, but it was so monotonous. Like, it started to get on my nerves after a while. Do you feel like that was laziness? Either laziness or maybe they just didn't have the room. Because, I mean, it is a pretty large game. Maybe they didn't have enough room to do different uh, music on there. I don't know, but it, it just, it, I don't know. It, like, it, it's not bad. Like, that music I played at the beginning, that was just the, the starting, uh, right. you know, the, the starting music. Once you get into the level, it just kind of, it's a little too happy, <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, uh, just kind of happy bopping along music, and it, it doesn't really fit. So I just, I, I, it kind of almost felt like they were just like, eh, we need a good theme for the game. Like, go write a tune for the game. And they, they got like one, you know, a couple of versions on the same variation and they just used them all, you know, like three or four different variations. And it's like, all right, well, this will be the, the stage scene. This will be the, the overhead map. This will be the, the cut scenes like done. We're good. You would think, though, with it being Marvel, they'd want something a little more heavy sounding. 
like with it being Marvel and then with it being a beat em up style game? I don't know. You look at what Marvel was doing as far as movies back then. I don't think they were too hands on <laughs> with stuff like Fair. this. But I mean, it does feel like the, the, the because the gameplay did feel good. Like play, actually playing the game, you know, the the hit detection, the game looked great. Like the character animations were good, the character designs were good. Like you could tell people that made the game really liked the source material. It's just. I don't know, some things kind of went wrong along the way, and it turned a, a good game, or a, it turned what could have been a great game into just kind of like a, it's good, it's hard. <laughs> like, it's a little too hard for casual play. Yeah, and, and to kind of go back to your earlier point, and that was the first thing I was thinking of whenever I saw that this was what you were going to review, because even into the late 90s, a lot of the licensed games were still not great. Yeah. So I, I was curious as to how this was going to compare with, because we've talked about Back to the Future, we've talked about Karate Kid, and a lot of those games that are just meh. Well, I but, will say this, for as, as difficult as the game is, it's still miles better, miles ahead of those games, you know, the LJN games. So take that for what you will. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's just a shame that the difficulty kind of keeps it from being, you know, what it could be. Yeah. Crank down the difficulty by half and you would have had a great game on your hands. Oh, maybe I'll still give this a shot at some point. If, if I'm not playing anything else, I might, you know, I might find a, a ROM of this and, and give it a go. I mean, it's fun. It's just one of those games where I'm like, I'm never going to be able to defeat this game because I just don't have, the time to devote to it like I did when I was a kid, which is why I'm so, you know, decent at games like Ninja Gaiden now. Like, if I never played Ninja Gaiden and tried to play it now, I would never be able to get past the first stage. Like, I would not give it the time of day. But because it was that game that, you know, I got it for Christmas, it was the only game I had until my birthday. Like, I just did nothing but play that game. For months and months on end, I learned every nuance of that game. So maybe if I'd have played this game as a kid and had, you know, six months to a year to just devote solely to this game, I probably would be pretty good at it. But I just don't have the time to devote to a game this difficult. Isn't it crazy the the muscle memory you have with certain games? Because I even yeah. find that you know with like Turtles in Time, if I play games like that, it's like I I know where the enemies are going to pop out, so I know where to anticipate. Versus somebody that's probably never played it before mm -hmm. might get frustrated. But I mean, uh, was there a? Re uh, I don't think they have any sort of. Uh... Well, they do have review scores. Um... Electronic Gaming Monthly for the, gave the Game Gear version a 32 out of 50. Um, game Players gave a 6 out of 10 for the Super Nintendo. There there aren't any reviews for the Nintendo game because they didn't really have aggregate scores for games back then um, because this was, what, 1991? Yeah, I I mean, it's a, I think the reason this game it does kind of stand up pretty good is this is later in the NES lifespan but at the same time you know i'd probably i would have been playing the super nintendo version at this time 
I would have never played this version because I was on to the Super Nintendo at the time. So it's I, I say it's worth going back and giving it a, a try, giving it a look, because it is really good as far as, like, it's got great graphics and stuff and gameplay, but like I said, it's not going to hold your attention for long because that level of difficulty is just kind of like, I, I don't have time for this. So what would you give it as far as the number score? I mean, I'll just go ahead and give it a 6 out of 10. Like, it's playable. I think that's fair. It's playable. It looks good. I I just, if you got the time, I think you'll enjoy it, but it's not one that I'm going to go back to and be like, I want to devote my time to this game. Well, and not every game we re- re- uh, review is going to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's worth going back and giving it a look, but... I don't know. I don't think you'll stick with it for very long. You're probably right. But that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. So, Derek, you've had a pretty solid couple of weeks with Star Wars stuff over at Derek Diamond Experience. Yeah, the the double header of Star Wars shows. Uh, as we mentioned last week, you and Wally were on to talk about The Mandalorian. And this week I had friends of the show, Regan Bell and Christian Jones, that you might remember from the Fantastic People podcast, which we were both on at, at one point. They joined me to uh, talk about their time at Star Wars Celebration in London, and we list our top five Star Wars moments. And there's we we go pretty in-depth on some controversial topics that was a good say episode that. i really it was fun that one it was one like i didn't keep track of time like i knew it was going to go long but i said you know what i don't care i just made sure all my settings were right hit record mm-hmm. and just went and it was it was really fun we we should do uh, like a big star wars podcast when ahsoka ends get the the five of us just just carve out at least yeah. two hours. That's probably it. how long it's going to go. You don't have to ask me twice. I'm there. I'm already there. Which, I mean, we did... How long was that roundtable we did with me, you, Steve, and Jonathan? Because oh, I had to split thing, it into three parts. That thing was like three hours long. Yeah. Like, there but was... Like, it was so long, I had to take two pee breaks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but definitely go back and check that out. It was a really, really fun episode. I've got a couple of weeks uh, up to the season finale, which will be at the the last week of this month. Um, this Thursday, I'll be doing a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which if you're a Marvel fan and you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It was a very, very good movie. Might crack my top five Marvel movies. Nice. I'm not going to lie. It was that good. But I'll get more into depth of that on uh, on Thursday. I, I'm, I'll go see it, but it's probably going to be another week or two before I get to go see it. So yeah, it's it's worth it though. It's it's good. But yeah, you can uh, follow the show uh, linktree.com slash diamond podcast. It's where you can find all your uh, podcast subscriptions, YouTube, social media, all that. And if you could leave the show a review, uh, we mentioned it on this show as well, but you know, the more reviews we get, the more visible we are when people are searching for podcasts. So if you could head over and give the Derek Diamond Experience a review, I would very much appreciate it. But you've got a big show coming up tonight on Open Micers. Yeah, we got the return of Mr. Brian O'Halloran himself. Dante is back on the show. He is supposed to be here yeah, tonight. He's supposed to be here today. Uh, he'll be on the Open Micers podcast tonight, live 
and um, in, on the feed this Wednesday, the uh, the 10th, it will be available for the public if you don't catch the live show. Um, we're going to be talking with him about Clerks 3 stuff, and it's going to be awesome. I love talking to Brian, and it's going to be great. Go check it out. Yeah, he's at great. Open, at, at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram, openmikers.com. Uh, we'll take you to the website and uh, Linktree slash Open Micers Podcast will take you to or Linktree, which takes you to everywhere you need to go for the show. And Derek, is that it? Is that everything? The only other thing is for next week, I'll be uh, doing a revisit of the original Legend of Zelda to kind of tie into Tears of the Kingdom coming out. So we'll do a uh, we'll have a fun chat about the original Zelda game. And uh, we, uh, we'll do the top five after the week after. So we will go to uh, head over to patrons, head over to patreon.com slash open mic or open mic <laughs> nerd cave retro. And uh, if you're a patron, um, go give us your uh, your vote for which top five you want to do. And we will reveal that next Monday and we will do it the week after our top five list. So I think I think that's going to do it for tonight. Is that everything? Is that everything? I think so. Oh, let's get out of here. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That includes our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon, and, of course, our merch shop, which you can go to at ncrmerch.com. We got all kind of cool T-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your little nerdy heart desires. Follow us on social media at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. And of course, if you can't give us a couple bucks a month on the Patreon, we understand. Times are tough. Leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. So Derek, just please, just tell them what it's all about, man. Peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> I gotta go capture that. Master Blaster runs by the town. You blow it! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.